Javice Episode 5 featuring Laura Sinclair and music by Caleb Paul. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Javice. I am Jay Flewelling. And I'm Jason Williams. And you are here for the most amazing episode of Javice ever, really. Uh, yeah, I, I can't even believe it. We already know it. We haven't even <laughs> recorded it, but we already know. We have many premonitions, and today we have the premonition of this being the best episode ever recorded. Yeah, I, I, I woke up and I was like, that was the best episode I ever recorded. And I was like, wait, that's later on tonight. <laughs> yeah so it's it's great when we see the future and it's not even really that far away sometimes they call us the advice whisperer they do do that um we're not really good that good with dogs nope but with advice we it's just like this the wind the spirit on the wind it goes through our brain we see flashes. I know I see flashes of me talking to a microphone, Jay talking to a microphone, and our guests talking to a microphone. And, and then all of a sudden, I hear a bunch of cheering for some reason. I don't yep. really know. I see trophies. I see blue ribbons. Yeah. Huge blue, bigger than the, the fattest pig blue I ribbon. I see giant checks of people's life savings of just yeah. thanks. And Thank a lot you. of them are just blank. Yeah. And, you know, that's what we see now because yeah. we started Javice. Before, it was... You know, we're just seeing us winning marathons. Yeah. Or winning Nobel Prizes. I don't know why, but <laughs> it does happen sometimes. I saw myself walking into a surgery and just something jumped out of my mouth. It saved a life. Yeah. You just, you're like, don't cut that vein. They didn't. You saved a life. I did. Yeah. His name is Matthew. Thank God he's still alive. He's 16. Should be dead future Nobel Prize winner? I don't know. Probably not. I've seen he's not he's not going places. Future owner of a grocery outlet? Maybe. Well, maybe like assistant manager. Maybe. Maybe a secret shopper. <laughs> there you go. Well, today <laughs> we have an honored guest. Okay. She hails from Portland, Oregon. She hails from the burlesque community. She's a psych nurse. She's a customer. She's a fantastic singer of old-timey songs. I, I didn't even know that one. Oh, yeah. Um, there you go. She looks dashing and turquoise. And she has awesome stockings. Are those stockings? Yeah, they're awesome. Flocks <laughs> of fire-burnt hair. Yeah. And she has a bow and arrow. Just kidding. She doesn't. We're not kidding. It's a crossbow. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Laura Sinclair. I would like you to know I do have a crossbow. Nice. <laughs> nice. It's a premonition. That's true. Premonition. See, you guys are psychic today yep. for sure. Great. Knew it. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Well, I appreciate you having me. We appreciate you so much. Now, you're from Ashland, Oregon. Correct. You reside in the P-Town. Actually, I'm embarrassed to say that I'm currently residing in Lake Oswego. Mm. Chumming it up with Danny Glover. Is that where Slumming. he lives? Yeah. <laughs> Didn't know that. Well, yeah. Slumming with um, the pompous wasps of Southwest Portland area. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> well, are you but, sure? Are you, you still want me on the show though, right? I, I do. I do. <laughs> we, we accept anybody from all over the globe, but uh, I've heard you are a costume maker. Is that correct? 
Yes, it's true. I've been designing and making them for money for 17 years. Which is a feat right there because some people do it for the love and you make it for money. I love money. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> I love money too. What What was like top costume you ever made? I made a, a gown for the Swashbucklers Ball, which is a, a formal pirate event. And it's a Marie Antoinette style gown that used an entire bolt of silk brocade, 85 pieces of boning, and cost about $700 for the materials. And it just, I don't know how these things happened, but it was my size and in colors that looked really fabulous on me. It was, that that was, I don't know, the odds. I don't know what the odds were of that happening, but it was pretty cool. That's amazing. Yeah. Was it for someone or did you wear it yourself? Well, it looked really good on me, so I still have it. <laughs> <laughs> now, but was it a commission? No, oh, I was, this was this was your passion. This was you. I was making it for one of my models to model in a show. Mm-hmm. She didn't look as good. <laughs> she had brown hair, the dress is sage green. Uh-huh. I, I want to see this dress. I can show you photos. I can show you photos. But you still have it, right? Oh, most definitely. Do you still wear it? Occasionally, yeah. Okay. I can still fit into it, baby. Well, good. Of course you can. But you know, so you've been a customer for 17 years professionally, but mm-hmm. the passion started because of your ties with the Oregon Shakespeare Festival, correct? Yes. I, I learned to sew very young because I was kind of a dork and I had no friends. And so my mom taught me to sew. And then I worked for the Shakespearean Festival. And in addition to the $3.25 that I made every night... I know. We were bringing in the box. Uh, I got to stay and watch the plays for free. And so half the time I had no clue what they were talking about because I was a kid. But they looked awesome while they were doing it. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. And so then how many Shakespeare plays do you think you see in your life just ballparking? About live performances in Ashland. uh, About 50 probably. Is that where it happens mostly, the Shakespeare Festival? They have a Shakespeare Festival that's been running down there for over 100 years. It's the longest running Shakespearean Festival in the United States. This makes sense because I think our friend Juliana is from Ashland also, and she's also a big Shakespeare Festival fan. Well, anyone who's from Ashland, um, there's a little bit of William in their blood. Really? It's just, it's Oregon lore. I believe that. You should ask your friend Juliana if she was ever a tart girl or if she babysat for the Tudor Guild because I would say that 90% of both boys and girls in Ashland had one of those jobs. And I would like to say that tart girl looks fabulous on a resume. I... It sounds uh, naughty. What is a tart girl? I don't know what a tart girl is. So doesn't it sound great for a resume? You'd automatically interview the person. Uh, For the $3.25... Yeah, you wear a cheap, tacky Renaissance costume that doesn't really fit properly, and then you go through the crowd before the outdoor plays, and you sell tarts and candies and programs. Uh, and the other? The other. She's a tart girl. And- or babysitter for the Tudor Guild. So when rich people come into town, and they're staying at a hotel, and they have their offspring with them. And I know. And you don't want to take them. Mm-hmm. You're paying a fortune for the tickets. You don't want to take them to a play. But they're not going to understand. Right. And they're going to be disruptive and you'll have to spend half the time in the foyer. You get some local girl and pay her to hang out in your swanky hotel room and hit the mini bar while um, you're watching the play. 
Hmm. And that, but there's, is there like a guild? I mean, you said the, the tutor guild is a, a service that hires out the babysitters. Oh, wow. so they organize the whole thing and it's yeah. all kind of streamlining this festival for the rich waspies. Very much so. So, so do you make costumes like, like, do you have like a, a niche, like, or, um, or is it like, you make costumes for Shakespeare Festival, pirates, and then also like sci-fi or stuff like that? Or For the most part, I make Victorian lingerie and corsets. Okay, and that's, that's more like steampunk, burlesque. Most pirates are too cheap, frankly. Cheapos. I know, <laughs> cheap bastards. So cheap. But yeah, people with um, too much money mm-hmm. and who don't know how to sew are my favorite people in there the world. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I want... I want that on a bumper sticker. <laughs> <laughs> I have too much money and I don't know how to sew. Is that what you want on your bumper sticker? Uh, just you to have it and for me to oh, know that you have it and I see it every once in a while. But I mean, you're not you're not lying. Uh, you were runner-up in Portland's designer for 2012. I'm also the only costumer ever to be in the competition. Congratulations. For- oh, yeah. Yeah. It was kind of cool. I got to wear an evening gown and look fabulous at the awards. Was nice. it Marie Antoinette in, in the house? No, it was a little more sleek and streamlined. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But, and you were also featured in Vintage Tomorrow. Tell us about this documentary. I've never seen it. I've only seen parts of it. I, they were, sh- we, all right, let me, let me back up. There's a steampunk event that takes place in Portland every year. And at either the first one or the second one, I had a booth and I had helped with putting the convention together. And there's these people there and they had this camera and they're just like, they're sticking it in everybody's face all weekend. And every time you'd be trying to do something, there'd be this camera here. And we were doing a fashion show and there's these people with these cameras. And mostly they were kind of annoying. And then I started getting these, these emails saying, did you see did you see the trailer did you see the trailer and so i watched the trailer and they had been filming the documentary <laughs> and there's like oh that i that's me there's one of my girls so there's one of my models that's my booth and there's another one of the costumes i made and so i had done this fashion show and all the costumes in it were shown in this steampunk documentary that's like an ultimate advertisement really it would have been had they ever asked my name or the name of my business. Oh, yeah, that's um, very true. <laughs> Wait, are they even allowed to record you then? Or I, air I, it? I often wondered about, since several of my models were underage, <laughs> if it would not maybe not have been a good idea to like release get a permission too. slip. Yeah. You know, just, just, just throwing that out there. You know, just, just throwing just that out there. Words of, thank you for the advice for all you filmmakers out there. Because Jason's a filmmaker, so he knows. Yeah, he knows get the things. releases. Release forms. You always got to get them. Yeah. Well, well the ne- next thing I'm going to say is um, when this comes out, it'll probably be past Halloween. But uh, what are you dressing up for Halloween as? I'm a professional costumer, which means that I haven't had a Halloween costume in... 17 years oh i thought you were gonna say the opposite where it's like this is the shining night to like go all out no i have all these costumes but i wear them all the time they're i wear them like you'd wear a cocktail gown or a a nice dress to go out for the evening and so i have pirate costumes and victorian walking dresses and all of that but they're clothing they're not costumes so (coughs) excuse me i have no idea what i'm gonna be for halloween t-shirt and jeans there you go 
is it is it because it's like a holiday that is an expected costume holiday that you have an aversion to it or are you just indifferent to it no i really really want to make myself a costume mm-hmm. and i always overcommit to something that i really hate that has to be done by halloween like currently I said I would make someone a Star Wars Stormtrooper costume. I hate working on it so bad I can hardly bring myself to touch it. But it has to be done by Halloween. <laughs> that's a, I mean, that's a tall order. Yeah. He started giving me $100 bills until I said yes to the job. So I'll do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, this brings us to why you're here. Yes, I'm here because you invited me, and thank you. You're welcome. welcome. All right, so I've been doing the business for 17 years, and I used to make a lot of money at it. And I started doing it because I do have five children, and it cost a fortune to take them anywhere for a vacation, but they did represent free labor. And so... <laughs> It actually cost less for me to take all of them to an event for the weekend as a vendor than to go there and pay the entry fee to get my children into the event and feed them and put them up in a hotel all weekend. So we started doing the business so that we could have vacations and so they could have those designer jeans or Doc Martens or whatever the trendy thing was for school that fall. Really? Oh my gosh. So this is a conscious decision. That like, oh, we want to go to these steampunk conventions or what was... Well, we started out with Renaissance fairs Renaissance fair. We want to go and we're going to, I'm doing air quotes right now, we're going to work mom's costume shop. (laughs) And they did. And make money. (laughs) But then the money is to buy the special fun things. Well, they used to come away with a hundred bucks too. So, you know, but they also worked their little asses right off. Okay. I don't know how old they are, but I'm imagining they're like three or four. I think that Rhiannon was four when we started. Oh, doing really? It. There yes. you go. <laughs> well, I, d- I mean, I did a Harvest Moon Bazaar when I was a kid. Uh, it was something that my church did every year, and it was like booths and cra- you know this whole thing. And we, it was a lesson that you know my mom did, and we had to grow the Indian corn. We had to grow. We got the crap. I mean, we made and did all these things that took months. And built it all ourselves, and then we had to sell it, and we came away with like a good amount of money. And I was really glad that my mom made me do that. Yeah, and it turned out to be a lot of physical work too, setting up the booth and working the customers, and then taking the booth down and all that too, didn't it? Well, we only did it once. The physical work for me was like we grew the crops, and like uh, we had to take care of them for months and leading up to the harvest right and then once we did it then we had all these indian corn like fun things and we also grew strawberry corn so you could have strawberry popcorn oh i like that stuff. and like make little packages and so we and then my mom this is the the plant this is where the plan broke down is my mom did not do what you did because like she didn't want to work herself (laughs) the lesson was for us to work but i mean of course (laughs) mom ends up doing actually most of the work um, is she signed up a, us up to be in the kid booth. So we were surrounded with a whole bunch of other kids and a parent volunteer and all the other kids crafts sucked and ours were immaculate because we had spent so much time on them and our mom like kind of helped us and I'm pretty creative and so was my mom and it was just selling like we were just selling 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 and mm-hmm. all the other kids were getting really sad and the parent volunteer was like trying to be mean to us and I was like shut up welcome to the free enterprise system bitch for real she was a giant <laughs> bitch too. she would like I'd turn around and like our stuff would be off the table and 
and I'd be like putting, and this was like, we had worked for this and thought about this. And this was like my nest egg that I was, and I was like, what are you doing? She's like, what's that other people sell? And I was like, I'm selling now. Maybe they should have made better shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they should have. It. it was all garbage. And of course, like so much of it. Or be good, good salesmen and sell crap. Yeah. Well, and I was like out in the aisle and like t- showing people, you know, I was a kid too. And I knew that I had the cute factor of like, I can sell stuff cause I'm a kid. Yeah. Your and small britches my, in my in my little British hat. And, you're, you're, and she you're. kept trying to get me to like be behind the counter, like out of the flow. And I was hey, like, that's not how a salesman does his work. No, he doesn't I know. let a table get between him and the money. Yeah, burn in hell, mom volunteer, <laughs> wherever you are. My best guess would be that her kid was one of the ones who wasn't selling. Ding 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 yeah. ding ding ding. <laughs> anyway, so your customer, what do you need advice on? So I've decided to take a sabbatical and spend the next year reevaluating the business, whether I want to keep doing it. I'm 53, and so I'm starting to look at what I want to be doing with the few years, few years I have left between now and retirement, and do I want to spend it hauling shit to and from events and breaking down the booth and setting up the booth? And now my children are grown up and I have to actually pay people money to do this and they don't work like slaves they think that they should get i don't know it's called like a break oh is that that the word Mm, no um i I don't know other countries but yeah Yeah, so i I am like all about carnegie and jp morgan i i was signed to the rockefeller method no breaks so i'm kind of looking for some thoughts i i have a list I'm notorious for biting off far more than I can chew. And so I have a list of things that I want to do in the next year that is far too big. And I am actually looking for some people who are a little emotionally removed from the situation to help me figure out how to prioritize some of the things that I would like to do. That is us. I know you guys don't mm-hmm. have a huge emotional investment in no, this. No, except no that nothing about you love sewing. me to death <laughs> and want me to be happy. Well, now here's my question. Is this sabbatical starting after the Star Wars costume? It actually started about 24 hours before I took the money for the Star Wars costume. <laughs> okay. So, so really, it's not until Halloween. So there's going to be some limit setting I'm going to have to learn, too. Mm-hmm. Well, the first thing I thought of when he said this was, one, um, screw retiring if you love it. If you love it, screw retiring. If not, then the second thing I thought of is um, jack your prices up even more so then you can hire people to do it for you and then still get paid the same amount that's that's the first thing i thought of uh-huh if if i mean however I like, that. I like that however um i do not sew and i don't know how to sew and i don't know if you're if like your main skill is like you might be super quick at it and like these other people are just like oh it takes forever for them to do this and it's like takes me 15 minutes to put this together and it takes you two hours or if um or if they're really good and you just have to like design it for them you know jay what would you say now you've seen a couple of the costumes that i've worn at events i mean they're immaculate and you've seen what some of the other burlesque performers wear okay oh yes okay so yeah we met on a really bad burlesque show oh my god train wreck and <laughs> what's considered a bad burlesque show this one i mean it was just logistically horrible 
three was hours there, long. Was there like tassel malfunctions? It was like a, you know, it was like all burlesque shows. I think I'm assuming, um, where it's a variety show. So it's like you do your thing, mm. which is like a, a song usually. It's like two minutes, three minutes, and then the host, you know, keeps the energy up in between. None of that existed. So like the like the host would leave the stage, and there'd be like you know, ten, twenty meaty seconds of dead air like nobody's mm. on stage then somebody runs like some girl and is like hit play uh, hit play on the song no the other song the other song okay yeah i'm ready you know, like that kind of stuff happening the whole time well and there was the the red magic marker thing is the thing that most people spoke about that and the dramatic monologues that were unbelievably like uncomfortable tasteless even by portland standards (laughs) (laughs) well and this whole thing confusing from the get-go it's a fundraiser for the library that somehow signed on to do a like crazy sex positive burlesque show in the norse hall i I mean and like the lights wouldn't go off in the hall so like kind of like the lights it was awful the good thing was that the drinks were cheap and and so the audience, by the end of it, out of self-defense, had gotten a little bit liquored up. Well, I mean, I've only seen one burlesque show, and it felt very amateurish. And, I mean, it was, it was like drag queens. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just felt like, still, it's, I don't know, it just felt a little amateurish. I When I think of a burlesque show, I've never been to one. I've been saying I'm going to go to one, like, every weekend, I say that. But, like, I, I read about ones that are, like, Twin Peaks, sounds awesome you know like oh metal metal lock metal burlesque show whatever like they all have themes what was the theme to this one well there's part of the problem there you go and and one problem with amateur burlesque shows is if you have if you have a different theme every week it leaves the performers trying to make a new costume and come up uh, with a new routine every week i think about and that and so then what you don't have is a super polished well put together performance gotcha. and that's what i want to comment on so like this show is a nightmare except for Laura, another woman named Kim Hughes, who's known as Vanity, and myself. And yeah. you were in it? I was in That's it. That's how we met. I was the con- I you was, was the telling token story. Male. Yeah, I was the token male telling Did stories. Did you burlesque? Is no, it, nothing. Not? Zero. You know, and <laughs> I mean the whole thing was insane. <laughs> but, you know, Kim Hughes or Vanity, I mean damn it dude polished and that's what it was because i've only been to that show that's my only exposure to burlesque and seeing that it was like okay this is what it's supposed to be this is the this is the top form completely rehearsed immaculate costume you know and i mean it speaks her hair her makeup her stage presence Mm -hmm. all of it you made you made her costume i made parts of it but but she, she does her own hair and makeup and like there is nothing on her that is not perfect before mm-hmm. she goes on stage. Nothing has escaped her t- attention to detail. And part of her routine and the cost, I mean, it all, it was kind of like a, a real, like a clown show, like Annie's clown show where it's props. It's all about props. I and, first thought that was an insult when you said that. It's like a clown show. No, no. I but mean. I, I know what you're saying. You're like saying a like real, a like a real, European, like comedy right. de arte um, clown shows. I gotcha. It's no joke. Like you have to have the props to pull it off. And with Kim's routine, 
you know, like a, all these really special apparatuses where you can pull off a sleeve and you can do this and it turns into a miniskirt and then it's, the th- you know, like, oh, and then cool. here come these amazing tits that she'd been powdering up with baby powder for an hour beforehand. <laughs> you, you know, know I, I almost am Im- I'm imagining this right now. Okay. Yeah. And it's like, you know, a slow awesome reveal where you're not you're not really seeing the whole thing but it's just so much better yeah okay so you so may i tell the story about the red magic marker just to please contrast yeah. that please do. all right i'm gonna tell <laughs> the magic a, marker story show? This, this is just this part was, of the nightmare this was okay. at the same show and this is to contrast how good it can be with how really bad it can be there's a young woman there who's going to be performing and she hadn't brought any pasties and people are like, oh, I've got an extra. I can. I don't believe in wearing pasties. A woman shouldn't have to cover her nipples. And we're all saying, we don't disagree with you. Yeah. <laughs> but there are laws. And this is not a strip club. And the North Hall gave us this place for free. We're not going to do anything to get them in trouble. And, and she threw this big fit backstage about that she shouldn't have to wear pasties. And was finally told, well, don't wear them and don't go on stage. So she took a red magic marker. And she colored her nipples over with a red magic marker. Remember that? I don't remember this. Oh I my thought, God. I no. thought you were talking about the Mad Libs dress, which was equally as atrocious, I thought. Oh, so this girl then, she goes out on stage and she does this routine where the chorus is B-O-O-B-S. And she's like holding her boobs and B-O-O-B-S in time with the music. And then she crawled around on her stomach showing her <laughs> boobs. And... I had brought my boyfriend who had never been to a burlesque show either. And he was kind of sitting there saying, is that magic marker? (laughs) And then I had three friends come up afterwards and go, I didn't really get the magic marker. It was just, was that her act? Was it called that? It should have been. I don't know what it was called. I just, she must've never done it before. Right. Because I don't understand. Like, I mean, to me, yeah, I'm all about freeing the nipple. Um, I will see boobs anywhere. However, I would imagine that if you're if you've done burlesque before and like you said, it's like the rule, it's like a yeah. like then why would you even like why would this be the night? I'm just gonna tonight just defend this for some reason. You know, it's like just I I agree. Plus the difference between a stripper and a burlesque performer is the pasties and the G string. Yeah, there you go. That's the difference. Yeah, there's a little more of a show, I guess, for a burlesque. Oh. So. I don't know. Okay, you know, you know, <laughs> I well, I have not been to. I, I know, know there's a lot. There's a lot more strip clubs that I have not been to. But, <laughs> but that's the basic difference is is the pasties and the g strings. So anyway, that's how we met. Mm. <laughs> well, we hit it off. Ago. And and getting back to how we got on that subject, uh, you've seen a couple of the costumes. I, I wore one of them at the comedy club the other night. Yes, they're kind of upper end. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And so, I mean, if you're worth your salt and burlesque, you need you need a fantastic outfit. I mean, you need a good costume. You need an amazing dress, and it has to have all the bells and whistles and pulleys. And I think Dita Fontes should come and buy a corset from me. Is what I think. And who is she? Dita Fontes is the most famous burlesque performer in the world. Enlighten the savage. You'll just you'll have to Google her, and when you do, you'll say damn okay okay and you might even say it twice if you if you made a costume for her then what happens after that (laughs) because isn't it all downhill from there no then everyone would say 
oh, if, if, if Dita Von Teese has a costume like that, then I should have one like that too. I think that is the goal now. Mm-hmm. So get Dita Von Teese to buy... Maybe that should be my goal for my sabbatical year is yeah. to get Dita to buy a corset from me. Um, that let's yes. Yeah. Let's do that. <laughs> That's but not the worst goal. I, I have a question before I can fully put my research to good use to give you some advice. Now you do have a day job. I mean you're a psych nurse. So this isn't like sole income, correct? That's correct. It's kind of like a very expensive hobby. Okay. And I make a stupid amount of money um, working as a nurse. Okay. And so then how close is retirement to stupid amount of money, like day jobs, psych nurse? I don't understand the question. When are you going to retire? I'm 53 now. I'm hoping to retire by the time I'm 60. I want to... So seven years. Yeah. Nice. But okay. from but from the psych job or From the all psych job. Okay, from the psych there, job. I'm getting go. a little old to have people throwing chairs at me I'm, my reflexes they're not what they used to be right okay okay so you're not you're keeping the psych job you're keeping the day job you're going to retire hopefully in seven years from that mm-hmm. and you're going on sabbatical for about a year from the costuming side biz correct how like what are you feeling about it are you feeling relieved or as soon as I announced my sabbatical, I actually felt like a big weight had been lifted off my shoulders. And then I took the Star Wars job and the weight just fell right back on. But I still feel like there's a lot. I have other interests besides costuming. And I've kind of spent all of my time and energy in the costuming for the last 17 years. And, and there's other things I think I'd like to focus on for a year and then decide if I want to remain in semi-retirement or come back swinging. What what are the other hobbies? Well, as Jay has mentioned, I like to sing. I know all the words to over a hundred songs. I used to belly dance competitively. I'm saving money to buy a house in Spain, so I'm working on getting my Spanish skills better. And I'd like to walk the longer route of the Camino de Santiago. I did the shorter route this spring. What is the what is that? It's a pilgrimage. I'm not religious, but it's a 500-mile pilgrimage that you walk from France to a certain spot in Spain, and then you get an indulgence from the Pope for having done it. And so I got one of those. I I have a get-out-of-jail-free card for major sin. Really? Is that cool? Well, I would think of a good sin to do then. <laughs> Oh, I'm it. saving it for something good. There I'm you go. <laughs> but if I walked the route again, then I would get two of them, I, like oh. three, and I could go on a shooting spree. Yeah. I'd be like, hey, <laughs> hey, look, get out, of, get out of jail. Yeah, there I'm just going to lump these all together. <laughs> Which pope? The current one, whatever his name nice. is. Nice, nice. Good okay. old what's his name? Um. Well, okay, so I did some research mm-hmm. about like, going on sabbatical, um, and you know, I, I found some good stuff from this website called side hustle it's kind of a website devoted to you know people who have a side hustle like yourself so they have this like side business and uh they wrote an article about some bullet points about how to avoid hustle burnout and one of their advice is to not play the comparison game so did you ever kind of compare your craft to any other customer in town or like get dragged down by that no because i'm actually quite a bit better than most of them believable yeah <laughs> hey i'm all about kind of an arrogant bitch no too. <laughs> no you know your worth 
Okay. <laughs> I also like, I'm like that where like, I have like so many hobbies and I try to like, and I used to like just dabble with like, like making music. Um, and I did be a burned out. And one day I was just like, this is taking time away from things, other things that I want to get good at. So I just stopped and I do kind of crave it. Like, but like, I, I think like, what's good is like you've already done like one thing at a time mm-hmm. and i'm wondering like the sabbatical i think like you said it kind of was like will i come back swinging or will i just do something completely different because there's nothing wrong with that either i mean no 17 years is a long time to do one thing well and even if i retire professionally it doesn't mean that i can't ever touch a sewing machine again right. maybe i could actually have a new costume for halloween next year there we go and yeah. it won't be a stormtrooper Thank God. <laughs> well, something that they quoted, um, which I really thought was um, to, you know, to go on sabbatical and to come back and kind of referencing like, I mean, we hope you come back swimming and swinging in a, in a or swimming or swimming, you know, in, in some regard is, you know, to permission, if it's permission to work according to your own energy, creativity and inspiration. So if you just give that to yourself, that's, that's a really nice, I, I might look up that website. I want to say that one more time. Permission to work according to your own energy, creativity and inspiration. I like that. That's nice. I like that a lot. Yeah. So, I mean, you're already giving yourself permission. You're going on sabbatical and then it was quickly taken away from you. <laughs> uh, well, I will say another thing I've heard, and this is more, I guess, for like people starting out, not someone that's been in the biz for a while. But um, I heard that if you came back, I, I like I said it earlier, is like double the price. It's just like yes. double it, and then it's almost like, oh, if they don't, if they want to pay, that's fine. I don't have to do it. But then if they do, and they're like, oh, this is so much more worth it, and then you'll mm-hmm. probably see. I mean, I've even heard that in the beginning, like you just every job you double. You just keep doubling until you get to a certain point. I mean, this is like the filmmaking business or whatever, but. Um, we did find out early on in the business that if you don't charge enough for your work, people don't think it's worth what you're asking yeah. for it. And it doesn't make sense, but we started yeah. out selling stuff super cheap because we weren't confident in our abilities and people, they felt like if you don't think your stuff's worth more than $30, and I certainly don't. And so we jacked up, we were selling children's stuff I would never pay $85 for a child's dress, like a toddler's dress. We jacked our prices from $30 to $80 and couldn't keep them on the racks. That's awesome. I ridiculous. love hearing this. I love ridiculous. hearing this. Because, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I'm kind of the same way sometimes where it's like, well, you know, like, they, oh, I should help them out or whatever. But but there, there are people that will buy. Because, and, and like you said, um, these are not, am I, am, I, am I correct saying these are not theater costumes? Because I heard, I thought theater costumes isn't it like where you can like cheat things inside, or it's like, oh, who cares what? But like these are like well-made stuff. Yeah, they're they're very well-made and they're designed to be worn for hours and hours and hours, like real clothing. Mm-hmm. Not like hiding like little. Oh no, this is coming apart. And... No, no, it has to look as good on the inside as it does well, on the outside. Well, there you go. Yeah. Well, I think I think I'm ready to give my final advice. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. Okay. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go? I'll go first. Okay. Um, I will say I think sabbatical is good and I think you should do it for, I think you should take it for a year and I think you should come back and if you're, if you're feeling it, then good and I think you should double your price and that way that if you do the work, it'll be more like worth it. Maybe almost kind of like, oh, you do have like another job, mm-hmm. you know, and if it's not, then no biggie because you're kind of already 
on the way out at the moment. Maybe. Who knows? Um, and yeah, I, I think that you, you'll either find the love of, love of it again or you'll realize, oh, it's time to move on. Cause it's time to move to Spain. Yeah, there you yeah. You'll come and visit me in Spain, right? Yeah, definitely. See. Si. <laughs> yeah. I want a, a costume made, though, first. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to double down on Jason's advice times a thousand. One, um, yes, pro sabbatical. Um, you get out from under the stormtrooper because your sabbatical really hasn't happened yet, Laura, okay? Which is also setting boundaries because when you really go on a sabbatical, you really need to do it. I also would like, I'm advising you, take the year figure and just throw that out the window. Come back when you're done giving yourself permission to be creative or not to be creative at your own inspiration. And I might even say it as a retirement. Maybe can put retirement on the table and when you're in this sabbatical, when you're in this thing, because you got the day job, you know, you got the day job, you have other goals, you have other interests, you have other passions that are amazing and fun that'll keep you, you know, lubricated and, you know, ready to roar. I don't know why we're going sexual on this. <laughs> why but, not? Well, okay. Yeah. So when you're ready to pump out, then do it. But for the moment, just do it for you or just keep it on the shelf and sending a free dress or product, a free something to this famous yes. person and get them to like, Hey, you know what? I did it for 17 years. Uh, will you just tweet this, you know, or whatever. Oh my God. That, that advice right there is I think the number one yeah. thing. Oh my God. Uh, and then jack up the prices. Cause that's what I really want to double down on is just make it insane. Mm-hmm. So that you're doing one to a year, or yeah. you have to do a like you you're, you're thrown back into the throws, but you're getting paid what you're really worth. And and I was gonna say, and there's one thing that I think is uh just a really an like a it's a this or that. It was like I you said like don't even make it a year or just whenever you feel like it. I think that that's one way to do it. And I also think that making it a year is another way because something about like time limits. I think where it's like you either be like oh, I told myself a year and it's not a year. I'm like craving to do it and like counting down, I think will also help or the opposite where it's like, well, I don't have to do it because I, st I still gave myself more time. So I think it's like either or about that. Yeah. I don't know. I like, I like time. Like it's kind of like when you go to work, like if I put my, my, set my like clock for like one hour working straight, then like something about that, I, I get very focused and instead of just like, I'm just going to work until I you do this or that. So also, another little tidbit of advice, if you come back from it, cut out the festivals, cut out the fairs, just do it like on commission only. They come to you, hey, I want this niche costume, I'm willing to pay what it's worth because you're going to jack up your prices. Uh, and then it's it's not like the schlepping around. Oh, yeah, that's a good like, idea. You know, because most of the free labor with the kids, I mean, it's right. Yeah, you need like an army of kids to carry the poles and the thing and the table and the, you know, all the tubs. Good Christ. You know, like, no. Right. If you don't have that army of kids, then fucking forget that shit. <laughs> I like the idea about the free dress for it. I mean, I mean, I, that is like the best you know, especially if like she loves it and like she, like you said, like, we and just I, you know it, what? Or? Guess what? I just had a premonition about it. Yeah. And your premonitions have been coming true right and left today. Yeah. So reaction. I, I like both of your advice. Um, one thing that about the, about the time limit of a year that, that you touched on, I like the idea of seeing, say nine months into it. If I'm like, Oh, 
I can hardly wait to get back into this. Or if I'm thinking, oh, God, I've only got three more months. I think that would be a very good clue to me as to whether this should then morph into a retirement yeah. or a pseudo retirement or if I just needed a break. Um, I also like the idea of it being kind of like, uh, oh, I don't take just any commission. And mm-hmm. I had already started doing that a little bit. People would say, will you do this, this, and this? And I'd say, no. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, just taking the occasional commission that would be interesting and fun and creative and that I probably wouldn't hate the person by the time I was done with it. Yeah, and that nine months, like if you gauge it out in nine months and you're like feeling it's too short or it's too long, that's that'll be a great barometer. And after I moved to Spain, people could say, oh, my corset, I have a lady in Spain who makes them for me. And then it like price goes yeah. up because yes. they're made in there Europe. Yes. They're made by a little old lady in Spain. Handmade. Handmade in Spain. Yeah. And then you can be like doing period pieces and movies and all these costumes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Living yes, it yes. up for the Nick. Yeah. Have you ever <laughs> been approached from movies like Hollywood? Um, no, I haven't. You you have to know somebody. Right. My, my Avantes. I mean That's the end. Yeah. (laughs) Well, Laura, thanks for coming in. I appreciate you having me. It was very fun. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. My name is Jay Fluelli. And I'm Jason Williams. And I'm Laura Sinclair. Goodbye. See ya. Bye, y'all.